Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Carl Alomar online. Carl, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Michael? I am great. Been looking forward to this conversation for a bit. So why don't you share a little bit about you and the awesome work you do? Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, so my name is Carl Alomar. I'm uh, a 20-year veteran of entrepreneurship. Uh, started a couple of companies, which I ran as CEO and exited those. And then more recently, um, I uh, was chief operating officer of a company called DigitalOcean. Uh, pretty much from the get-go, uh, helped build that company up to about 250 million in revenue. And then since uh, being a, I got it ready for, to go public, it's gone public. And now obviously trading in the uh, New York Stock Exchange as DOCN. Um, three years ago, I left DigitalOcean to join a fund called M13 based out of Los Angeles. We've opened up East Coast offices too since then. But uh, um, we invest in, you know, been investing in a couple of funds now. I, I joined for Fund Two, which is a hundred ninety million dollar fund. Now Fund Three, we're just closing, is four hundred million dollar fund. We're investing out of uh, mainly consumer tech businesses, but oriented towards four key categories: future of work, future of money, future of commerce, and future of health and wellness. Um, tons of great experience there, and I'm guessing, you know, especially the stuff you're doing right now, especially around the work of future of work you know the pandemic has kind of thrown things all over the place so i'd love to hear your thoughts on on that and and some of the things that you're seeing as far as future of work as far as investments where organizations are looking and in some of the conversations that you're hearing yeah future work is actually really exciting it's it's a big as i'm sure everyone can tell with two years of COVID and everything's been going on it's a huge changing environment and change is always good for creativity and ideation so uh, we've seen a lot of companies really focused on um, the areas around uh, the gig economy, um, remote work capabilities, tools that f- support and facilitate remote work. Um, so just this whole movement in the way people are choosing to live their lives and the way people are you know, enjoying work-life balance. Um, at DigitalOcean, we felt like real pioneers back in you know almost 10 years ago now when we we wanted to do a remote first hiring policy where we were focused more on the quality of the candidate than the location of the candidate. And since then, uh, now what we see is this, it's common play. Everyone's building remote organizations. COVID has proven to everybody that you can work very effectively in a remote environment. And, um, and there's a lot of facilitation of tools and systems that allow that to happen. Uh, and then, as I said, the parallel to that is now people are taking their own lives in their own hands and creating revenue streams outside of the common workplace. And that's the whole new gig economy, 40 million plus people in the gig economy in the US alone. And so the amount of tools and solutions that facilitate, whether it's their operating and financial management, or whether it's actually just facilitating work uh, opportunities for them and the like. So the combination of those are really the way we think about the future of work. And then you have the state of California that's looking into four-day work weeks. You couple those things together, that work-life balance thing really is starting to take 
route uh, for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, and I work in the burnout space, so I work with organizations and individuals on their burnout prevention. Fortunately, it ends up being more like burnout recovery, but yeah. you got you to get there somewhere. Uh, but what I'm finding is you know, organizations are starting to recognize, okay, with people missing work, the great resignation, this pandemic, all of these things that were thrown in uh, over the last couple of years, organizations are probably going, okay, what in the world are we doing? Now we're seeing a lot of organizations that are overwhelmed just because I don't know what to do. That's why, you know, organizations like yours and designing and looking at other organizations and what they're doing, uh, you know, one size doesn't fit at all, but you can at least say, you know what, that size doesn't fit, but I like the model. So maybe I can adapt it this way. So it makes sense for us to continue to deliver quality products and services to our clientele, but also make sure that we're taking care of our people so we can keep them. Because right now, yeah. the gig economy, a lot of that's we're seeing in a lot of industries where people are making enough money uh, for them, you know, doing the gigs that they're doing that they don't have to go back to the restaurants or truck drivers. Cause yeah, you know, that's, that's the great resignation, right? That's what's yeah. scaring everybody because now they don't have facility to, to do the things you know, the, the companies don't have the facility to hire the people that they want to type for because those people are all working independently. But there are a lot of tools that are coming out that are facilitating, you know, workforce management, the ability to bring in gig workers in hospitality environments and things like that, rather than having full-time employees. Um, and we're seeing lots of tools. I would say what, what the world looked like 10 years ago and the tooling and the facilities available 10 years ago did actually functionally make it difficult for someone to be able to work efficiently at home. They kind of needed to be close to their environment. Um, however, now with all of the communication tools and all the facilitation that's in place to support a remote working environment, you're in a very, very different place. You're, you can actually get really, really productive outcome working from home. I'm working from my home right now. So, uh, you know, I'm living the dream <laughs> and, uh, and it's working, you know, I get to, I, I feel very, very effective and efficient in what I'm doing. And I will tell you 10 years ago, longer than that, I, I couldn't have imagined being effective working in a home environment. Yeah. We didn't have all the tools and there was always, okay, how do I have a quick call with somebody? Well, you know, with technologies such as teams or zoom and obviously smartphones and and everything else it's easy to line things up or here here's the schedule you line this up all the tools are there everything's shared so our efficiency has improved in a way if as long as you went into it going okay how can i do the work that i do more efficiently and that's something that i always look at for myself and you know when people need some guidance on that so okay let's let's Peel it back a few layers and let's see, okay, what do you need to do? What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And they find that they can do things a lot more efficiently with the tools that are available than they were before. And, you know, they're actually accomplishing a lot more in less time because they're not getting interrupted. The tools are working. It's flowing like it should. And when you have that, all those things kind of mesh together 
that's when you start seeing some productivity. And then you, when you're working in a flow, and I know you get this, you lose track of time. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you know, where'd the last three hours go? I need, I need to get up. I should stand up. That's why standing desks are a beautiful thing because yeah. otherwise you, you get up and you're like, oh, yes, I'm only this age, but my back feels like I'm 90. This is not good. So you have to set alarms and things like that. But ultimately, again, whenever I encounter some organizations that are how can I put this nicely? A little bit dated in their thinking. And they're like, no, we, we can't have remote work. It's like, you've had it for two years. Mm-hmm. Did everything work? Oh, yeah, we're, we're seeing better productivity. And you want to go back to less productivity? Why? You know, and it's. Yeah, but I will, I will argue that um, not all organizations are built for it. You know, not all organizations are going to welcome in, you know, all the tools. You know, whether it's uh, Slack for kind of real-time communication or a lot of more corporate firms will use Microsoft Teams or whether it's uh, Zoom or some equivalent for video calls and things like that, not all organizations are set up for that. And so it is legitimate to say that, you know, there are environments where it's difficult to get an effective workday because the infrastructure isn't really in place to support it. And I I would argue, you know, I always like to kind of think of the devil's advocate positions on these things. There are certain functions that are much more, you know, in real life and and require either they're more manual or physical, or it is, um, you know, creative in a way that you need to be around a creative team and it's it's built around creative brainstorm sessions. And there's some good tools like Miro and stuff that help with those those pieces as well, but still... um, you know, in real life, there is a value there. I think what I find on my personal experience is, you know, working remotely, but then having those come together moments that allow you to really create that brain trust and that brainstorm um, is the most effective way to make it work. And so I, I think everybody has to pick their own journey, but it's fair for us to say that the, the world is moving more towards a remote culture, but some businesses are going to always be behind on that and won't function well because whether it's leadership or infrastructure or whatever it is that doesn't really understand remote culture, they're not going to be able to be as effective. And, you know, all power to them to bring people back into the office and work that way. But um, but it is interesting. It, it speaks to a lot of different types of businesses that we've invested in. Um, we invested in a company called FlexSpace, which is all about creating flexible space uh, for companies to be able to create environments for their teams wherever they are located to come together in a, in a flexible space, rent it by the hour, rent it by the day, you know, kind of really facilitating this workplace, this co-work environment, but in a very flexible way. Um, and so, you know, they're launched in New York and they're beginning to launch in other cities and they're just aggregating multiple, multiple buildings that are all creating these open space environments that allow for, you know, hourly space rental and things like that. Uh, and then on the other end of the scale, in terms of work management, we invested in a company called Pinata, which actually was around before COVID and was fo- always focused on this remote task, uh, like gig economy remote task, where you have thousands of people doing marketing activities or whatever they are out in the field, and you have to track them and manage them. And, and you know, they're working for you for an hour and then they're off. And how do you track all of that and aggregate all that information back into home base? And so Pinata has built an incredible workflow system that, that solves that problem. And so we're beginning to see people take chunks out of the needs that organizations have to be able to work this way. And uh, in doing so, 
it just you know lubricates the wheels of, of change and evolution and hopefully we'll get to a place where you know you have a really really vibrant environment of just people working where and how they need to work to get the job done that's ultimately the goal because i use this example a lot i worked in the supply it excuse me, supply chain industry several years ago, which is definitely an interesting dynamic right now with what's going on in the world. But I had two people that worked for me and one I would classify extremely introverted and one very extroverted. So when COVID happened, you know, the very introverted person, of course, was sent home as was everybody else in the organization needs to be a part of. And my thought was, He's going to love this because introverts tend to be very reserved. He works in IT, so this is going to be the ideal situation. And the extrovert, who always needs to be around people and all of that, would kind of be frustrated about not being able to go in the office. It was the exact opposite for both of them. The introvert was begging, can we at least go in once a day or once a week and just have quick meetings? And they were able to figure something out to allow that for safety in the early days. And the extrovert was like, I don't ever want to come back in the office again and and still be able to do the, the work that they did in marketing and branding and all of that kind of stuff. So I think for organizations, if they have the flexibility to create, like you said, the opportunity where people can work at their best wherever that happens to be. If it's at the office, awesome. If it's at home, awesome. If it's a combination thereof, great. As I told organizations that I'd worked with, especially in the first year of the pandemic, and they're saying, okay, we're, we're establishing our policies of how work's going to look. And I said, make sure you use a pencil when you write these things down. Yeah. Don't, please don't use a Sharpie. Don't, yeah. you know, you, or you can type it, but make sure you have the ability to edit that document. Keep it in a Word document format and not a PDF, although you can edit those too, but it's easier in a Word doc. So just don't, don't commit. This is new. We're, we're, we're on a boat and we're going to new land and we've never been on that land before. So don't necessarily overcommit yourself. Say, we're going to do this now. We're going to take a look at it and see and how it goes. And I find the organizations that have been able to adjust accordingly have navigated through this a little bit easier than others. And like you said, you know, the, the companies that you're investing in now have taken those opportunities that you had mentioned of, okay, where's the pain point? Where's, where's the pressure point that isn't being addressed by anything else right now or not as well as it could be? Okay, let's focus on just that little part of it so we can make remote work easier for people. And those organizations are going to do really, really well over the next few years to decades for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you always have to embrace change. I mean, that's, uh, as you said, um, life, great businesses are always built around the changing environment. We have this whole philosophy where we want to look at kind of um, consumer behavior and technologies 10 years out and think about, you know, how they're driving behaviors today in that in those directions and based upon those directions you know make investments where we feel the world is moving and so these are great examples of of how we're seeing that in the workplace even with a pandemic world the fact that you can look 10 years out is actually pretty amazing but you know it's you know there's yeah, there's, I, I'm not, there's i'm not accounting for how accurate that look is but it's it's the best that we can do <laughs> if you don't look ahead you won't get there 
Yeah. Um, if you're just looking down going, well, you're going to be right there 10 years later and go, why is everybody way up there? What did we do? It's, it's easier to pivot if you're moving. Uh, than it is if you're standing still. So, uh, in those ten years, I mean, is there anything you anticipate will look dramatically different than today, as far as work or any other types of businesses that you're a part of? Do you, do you see yeah, some I mean, financial changes? The biggest kind of climactic change in the way things are happening, the way things are being done, is going to be centered around blockchain. We believe so. It's just so nascent right now. It's a bunch of guesses, and uh, you know, when you look at the wild, wild west of the NFT marketplace, and you look at you know a lot of the the businesses that are coming out, just creating you know random tokens and, and things like that. You know, you can look at it and you think this is crazy. None of this makes any sense. But within all of that, there is a real technology that really changes the way computing happens. And by changing the way computing happens, it opens up a lot of unique benefits and unique, you know, capabilities that are very democratizing. They're, they're much, very much about the people, right? Give it all, give all the power back to the people and not have these single corporate entities controlling um, the decisions and the directions that we all take. And we can look at recent years and look at different stories like, you know, uh, Cambridge Analytica and whatever other stories we can come up with and illustrate areas where, where the trust in corporate has been diminished in, in the common, you know, the common person. And so now this technology comes out and says, hey, why don't we distribute it all? No one controls it. It's an open network. It is controlled purely by the actions of the many and not by the, you know, the decisions of the few. And, um, and that's layered all on a, a true technology that is secure, that is unpenetrable, that can actually facilitate that. And so as we think about all of these future theses, these four key columns that we think about, we think about Web3 or blockchain as a horizontal layer that just sits across all of them. And we're just thinking, consistently thinking, like, how is this going to be affected by a different type of computing? How is that going to be affected by a different type of computing? Most obvious one up front is currency and, uh, you know, asset value and things like that, which you're seeing a lot of. But we're beginning to see, you know, a lot more movement um, around ideas that truly implement, you know, smart contracts and how they work, ownership um, solutions around, you know, royalty rights around music and, and, uh, you know, property, uh, ownership, you know, democratized down to the, to the single unit and, um, you know, lots of interesting ways that that plays out. And so we're currently looking mainly at the infrastructure layer, but we're also beginning to look at the application layer on, on, on web three. Um, but we're trying to, identify the tools that are going to ultimately facilitate all of the ideation of the future. So there's one company we invested in called Lightning Labs. They, Lightning is a uh, is a um, open source protocol that sits on top of Bitcoin that allows Bitcoin to transact in real time very inexpensively, whereby historically Bitcoin has been you know, a big lug that costs a lot to exchange on and takes a long time to transact on. So this layer sits on top and creates immediate inexpensive transactions. Lightning Labs, I think, owns probably 90% of that market share. And so um, we love them because they're building all the tooling that is going to allow Bitcoin to be used not just as a gold reserve or digital gold reserve, 
but also as a, as a point of exchange. And that opens up so many opportunities for people if they truly value um, Bitcoin as a potential future reserve currency or however you want to look at it to actually transact and really live day-to-day life on, on that Bitcoin uh, protocol. So um, those types of examples, there's a lot of others in different, you know, different layer one um, protocols, but um, just interesting to see how the building blocks of that are really being established now. Whereas as we go forward, we're getting to see more and more implementations that show how it translates into real life. So that's probably the most, the biggest movement, the biggest change that we're seeing in technology right now. I agree. And even though I know the Bitcoin conference was uh, just a couple of weeks ago and talking about the Lightning Network and transactions and huge retailers being able to pay, you know, it you know, basically a, a card machine like we normally have where, you know, in the past, and you know, we'd like, we pull out our credit card and we go and all of that. And there's a certain percentage fee, you know, three to 5%, or, you know, that the business is paying and everybody's taking a cut of all that, but, you know, using Bitcoin and the lightning network. And, you know, if there's others that'll come of it, sure. Those two, but it, it lowers the transaction fee to the business, which means they can potentially lower the fees and cost of business to the consumer, which in an inflationary world, you know, a couple of percentage points down on everything is going to make a big difference for some people. And then you said, you know, smart contracts, you know, I think about buying houses or cars or things like that. And, you know, you get a mortgage and you got paperwork this thick and all of a sudden you don't have to provide all of that because everything's on the blockchain about me. All I do is like, boop, boop, boop. And it's like, it's done. And it's, it's mind boggling. And I know a lot of people, you know, haven't really wrapped their head around all of this yet. They will eventually and it's it this is i I think such a huge huge thing that's going to transform so many aspects of life across the planet and democracy you know basically giving access to people that wouldn't have had access to things before now they do and we could spend hours talking about the various things that'll go on that. But I agree with you. I think that's an exciting time. And your, your organization is really, really wise to be looking into that. You're going to be setting yourself up for success for sure. We hope so. We hope so. We're very proud. I mean, the thing we really focus on is the founders themselves and the people that are creating these businesses. And we're just so proud of the portfolio founders that we have and what they've done and what they continue to do and where you know, they're supporting them and kind of sitting right by right beside them the whole way. So we find that we find that as exciting as anything else. And if we if we pick the right lanes and we have great founders, then you know hopefully the the rewards will come in their own time. Agreed. So loved our conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you do? Uh, yeah so I'm at M13 uh, website is M13.co uh, probably best place to find me is on LinkedIn, Carl Alamar. That's Carl with a K, Alamar. Um, and uh, yeah, just message me on LinkedIn. Best way to connect and and uh, and you know find me that way or come through the the company and the website itself. That's probably awesome. the best place. Awesome, and I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Carl, thank you again so much for your time today and for everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.